Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. The 9th to the 15th of November is Vulval Cancer Awareness Week. And in the UK, 1,300 women a year are diagnosed. And 460 of those will sadly die. I'm so delighted to have a lovely, very brave lady um, talking to me today who is going to tell us about her journey with this particular type of cancer. Janet Gover is an award-winning author of both novels and short stories. Janet, it's lovely to have you here today. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. It's so important that we get these messages out to people so that they know what to look for. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Well, um, gosh, I'm I'm Australian um, by birth. I grew up in Australia. Um, I was a journalist for a very long time, working mostly in television. So, yes, I was one of those cute young blonde things that you see on your television screen sometime. Um, I uh, transitioned from that to doing technology for television, and I travelled pretty much right around the world. Uh, to all sorts of interesting places like Iraq and the Kingdom of Lesotho and throughout the US and Europe, um, working with television technology. And while I was doing that, I met my husband, who is English, which is why I'm now living in England. And then uh, because I wasn't writing anymore, whatever it was about me that needs to write, I started writing fiction. And it took me a little while to figure it out. Um, But my husband, actually, in the end, uh, figured out what it was. Uh, Somebody asked me, what is it that I write? And I said, whatever takes my fancy. And he said, no, that's wrong. What you write is about women finding their own strength to overcome whatever difficulties they've had in their lives. If there's a bit of romance along the way, hey, you know, a good-looking man in the corner, that doesn't hurt. But he's right. I write books about women trying to find their own inner strength. And I think that probably stood me in good strength when it came to finding my own uh, this time last year when I was first diagnosed. You know, I think I want to read some of your books now. I'm going to look those up afterwards. (laughs) They are available, uh, some in paperback and and e-book, so absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. I shall be uh, getting one of those, I think, later on. Now, Janet, tell us, um, how did you discover that you had vulval cancer? Well, I was was in my late 50s, um, and I started uh, noticing some discomfort and dryness and actual pain during, during intercourse, and... I thought, ah, menopause, hello, welcome to my world. Uh, I went and saw, uh, at the time I was living in the US, uh, so I went and saw my doctor in the US and we shortly after returned to uh, to live in London and um, started a round of eight, various types of HRT, thinking everybody's going, yes, it's just the menopause, it's just the menopause. And I was very fortunate that... Um, I was applying a cream and I noticed a lump on sort of right on the very lip of my vagina. And I'm Australian, so I'm used to skin cancer awareness. In mm-hmm. fact, I have had some non-malignant skin cancers removed. And as soon as I felt the lump, I thought that's wrong. That's absolutely not wrong. So I went back to my GP and I said, no, this isn't right. This is not just the menopause. I've got a lump there and I shouldn't have a lump there, at which point my GP 
had another look and said, you're right, there's a lesion there. And she said, I'm going to send you to the gynecological unit at uh, St Peter's. Um, and she said, oh, she said, I'm going to fast track you. So they may use the C word, but don't panic if they do. And, of course, I immediately panicked. I mean, who wouldn't under yeah. those circumstances? So I got a, a meeting there with the, the gynecological unit there. And I have to tell you, hearing the words, I'll just take a punch biopsy spoken by your gynaecologist who was sitting where my gynaecologist was sitting. Not a good thing. Um, but they did that. That was this time last year and it came back positive. Um, and I'm sort of, yeah, it's a hard diagnosis to take. Yeah. And I think one of the key messages from what you're saying there is, excuse me a minute, <coughs> you get a tickle in your throat um is don't be fogged off by your doctor yeah and I mean I don't mean to criticize my doctors at all um they are frantically busy the NHS does a staggeringly great job under the circumstances um but yeah you know your body better than anyone does at least you should and if yeah. something doesn't feel right or if you're getting treatment like hrt for the menopause or whatever and it's not doing any good push a little bit i think i think there's an embarrassment factor here uh particularly for you know we women of a certain age and you know we don't want to go around sort of saying to people there's something wrong with my vulva there's something wrong with my vagina it's just mm, it's hard to say yeah. and I think that contributes to us sort of sitting back give it a little bit more time and see if it gets better on its own and it won't no no and I think it's just just go and do it you know it may go away but the thing is, just go and get it checked out. It's, it's no point waiting whatsoever. Just get it checked out. And if if you're told it's just a menopausal thing, you know, don't accept it. If you're not happy with that, just ask to be referred. Even if you're not fast-tracked, if you get a referral, you will be seen fairly quickly with something like that. So I think that's a key message for us to, um, to pass on to people. Um, Tell us, um, oh, actually, while we're on about symptoms, so so we hear from your symptoms, but I have managed to find lots of other symptoms that people could um, notice if they have something wrong. Uh, things like bleeding or blood-stained vaginal discharge, which is not related to a period, a burning pain while passing urine, tenderness or pain in the area of the vulva, a sore or ulcerated area on the vulva, a mole on the vulva that changes shape or colour, Paget's disease of the vulva. Um, vulva. I'm not actually so sure what that is, but if your doctor tells you you've got that, you need to get it checked out. Um, itching, burning or soreness of the vulva that doesn't go away, a lump, swelling or wart-like wart -like growth, or thickened, raised, red, white or dark patches on the skin of the vulva. And I think listening to those symptoms maybe a bit like we do a breast examination regularly we should possibly be you know using a mirror and and actually examining ourselves um around the vaginal area i yeah i think that's a good thing particularly i think the itching um 
is a big one because I had that for quite some time before I even went to the doctor the first time. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, I was a little more careful with my hygiene or whatever, you, you know. I think looking at it is, again, one of these things that we don't do because, you know, I don't, again, it's this embarrassment thing or this... Um, I don't know what it is that a lot of us find ourselves fighting against. I have friends who will not actually say the word vagina out loud, even just to another woman. Or if they say menopause, they whisper. Because we've been taught to hide these things, that they're mm. not nice and they're not something you talk about in polite company. And A, men talk about their sexuality in, in company, so why shouldn't we? And also it's important because things can go wrong. And if you don't know, if you don't understand, if you're not willing to ask and talk about it, you're going to end up, you know, well, where I did. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's um, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's absolutely part of a woman ageing and um and, and so many women, I think, with the menopause, just suffer in silence. And there's so much that you can do to actually help yourself when you're, when you're going through that, even natural ways if, if you don't want to take HRT. So it's really important to, um, to talk to people, girlfriends and things. Tell us about um, the treatment that you... Oh, oh, actually, before we start that, I must just say that many people who find any of the symptoms we've discussed the chances are in most cases it's not cancer and they will go away of their own accord, but you must get it checked. So yeah, tell us agree. about, yeah, tell us about the treatment that you had. Well, I, uh, I was immediately um, scheduled for surgery. I was, I was very, very fortunate that I uh, slotted in just before the COVID crisis hit. I had my surgery in January Um in fact, at one point I was moved out of my room to another room and when I, uh, this was after the surgery while I was still at the hospital, and when I walked back past my old room, I noticed there were big isolation quarantine signs up everywhere. <laughs> so I may have been moved to make way for one of our first COVID patients, but that aside, um, the team at St Luke's um, were just amazing. Um, I was taken in, I had the surgery, I've had a, a section of my vulva removed. Um, it didn't seem terribly large, but um, it's really weird getting used to the way, how different things feel down there now. Uh, the team at the surgery were great. My cancer nurses uh, were just there for me, holding my hand. When I'm quite sure I must have broken some of the fingers in Maria's hand. I held it that tightly at times. It is uncomfortable. It is unpleasant. It is embarrassing. Um, but uh, it's necessary. I had three, one surgery, three separate things removed. They removed the lesion in my vulva. They also re removed a sentinel nut. Um, from each side of my groin uh, from the lymph nodes because um, because it had, was stage two they were afraid it might be starting to spread so by removing those lymph nodes they were able to test those to see if there was any sign of it spreading I was very fortunate there was no sign of it spreading and they had a nice clean margin on the section that they removed so 
I was told I didn't need radiotherapy, I didn't need chemo, um, but I do need to monitor it very closely. And in fact, I've got another appointment at the hospital tomorrow uh-huh. for my latest look. They're looking at me every six months. Oh, that's what I was going to ask next, actually. So they will keep monitoring you just in case a tiny yes. bit was there. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they were very, very upbeat and saying no no we think we've got we think we've got it which was good news but um they're not going to leave it there and I think that's important too I think it's important that even when we get good news that we accept the good news and revel in it and enjoy it but at the same time think it's happened once to me I just need to keep an eye on this in case it happens again. And I think regular checkups. And I think also one of the nice things is the the surgery team um, obviously informed my GP. So my GP is now aware of it. And so more conscious if I talk to them about a problem, more conscious that, oh, okay, we need to be aware of this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um and, and I think what I'd like to say here, again, to anyone who might suffer some symptoms, is it's very safe at the moment, despite COVID, to go and have checks. COVID is in certain parts of hospitals. I know the um, cancer, the gynecological cancer team at the Royal Surrey literally have a drive-in, or the Royal Surrey have a drive-in Um, system where you can go and have a blood test which would obviously be the first part of of checking a lot of these things out so people really don't need to worry Um, we should also really mention grace charity here now i know you're writing a great testimonial and they'll post this podcast on their website but grace uh, they're just amazing aren't they it surprised me how much i needed support Mm. Um, I've always considered myself a strong woman and as I say I write about strong women but just to have somebody there even if you don't talk about it even if you just sit down and have a cup of tea and a bicky or whatever just to have somebody there that you know gets it Mm. is just so very very important and while friends and family and i have to i have to say my husband was so has been so supportive through this whole thing but unless you've been there you don't understand or unless you've dealt with other people who've been there you don't understand and to have have people who are prepared to give up their time and their expertise and their emotion to help Mm. us through something like this i cannot speak more highly of them I really can't Uh, and the cancer specialist cancer gynae cancer nurses and the teams at the hospitals as well I mean it's a tough time and I like to think I was nice to everybody but I'm quite sure there were moments when I was angry and when I was uh, unhappy and I think that's totally realistic I mean certainly I was angry that this had happened to me sometimes I Mm. hope I didn't take it out on any of those wonderful people and if I did I apologize profusely but uh the support phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah and I think you know these people are so highly trained that they would completely understand if you did have the odd off day (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure they would. Yeah. And and it wasn't just there. I mean, 
since I came home, I had a recovery period at home. Um, I had to had to not wear underwear for a month, which was interesting. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> while while the wounds healed, um, but one of the things is. I'm a different shape now because sections of my vulva have been removed. And that takes a bit of getting used to. Mm. You know, it feels different when you're wearing your clothes. It feels different when you're walking, when you're sitting, you've got to. And this part of the recovery is less a physical recovery than it is an emotional recovery. And that's, again, where that support is so very, very important. And that's why I sort of held my hand up and said, you know, anything I can do to help because we all need help. And, you know, organisations like Grace are just beyond, beyond description of how important they are. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Uh, Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Janet. Thanks for talking to us today. My absolute pleasure. And uh, as I say um, to your listeners, it's it's a tough thing to go through, but uh, there are. Had I not done what it now, it would have been a whole heap tougher in a year or two or three years from now. Yeah. So it really does come down to don't be afraid, don't be embarrassed, and for goodness' sake, don't be ashamed. It's this. It's just one of those things that happens, and we need to be aware and to treat it with the seriousness it deserves. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Thank you. So that was Janet Gover, our lovely author, talking to us today about her journey with vulval cancer to raise awareness of this particular type of cancer in the Awareness Week, which is the 9th to the 15th of November. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. 